lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Wayward Dragons. Uh, I'm your host, Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. Welcome back to episode five. And today, yes, and today we're going to be talking about the seven hermetic principles. Uh, For some of you, this may be something completely new you've never heard of. And for some of you, this may be old hat, but this is something I feel is extremely important and very thought-provoking. Some of it may go over your head. Some of it may change your perception on life in general. But before we get into all that, Kelsey, how have you been doing? I've been okay. Um, Had a COVID scare. So um, my dad and my stepmom currently have COVID. So that's fun. Yeah. That's rough. How are they holding up? Um, My dad's okay. They gave him a good shot of antibiotics and a lot of meds. um, Because he has pneumonia on top of COVID. So, but... I was like, as far as I know, they're doing okay. They can't smell and taste anything. (laughs) So that's what tipped it off is they couldn't smell things. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. Go get tested. (laughs) You you had just spent last week over there with your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Last week I was there. So my dad calls me yesterday. So Thursday. Uh, Hey. Just letting you know, me and your stepmom tested positive. Might want to go get tested. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Dad. Yeah, it's re- regardless of what it is, when someone calls you randomly and says, hey, you might want to get tested. It's never <laughs> no, no, because I was calling him for something totally different. And he goes, oh, hey, by the way, I'm on the way to go get tested. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and then my like you know your heart goes into your stomach like shit i've been around people for a whole week like oh my god and then i did research about when to get tested so the cdc recommends people who are not vaccinated to get tested first like right after your contact but also like a week later because you might test negative first and then become positive because of the incubation period gotcha i tested at like a week and i was like yay i don't want to have COVID. <laughs> that's, that's how my life is going how are you especially with you know uh well especially you know with you working with the public constantly oh yeah um, i'm all right uh bit busy at work and then a friend of mine had a drag show last night that i went to so that was entertaining nice yeah nice that sounds fun yep Yep. that sounds fun are you uh you reading anything any good so i finished two books i read ghostland by colin dickey not a huge fan of that he wants to like like kind of chronicle like the haunted places in america but it didn't really make sense on why they were haunted and like why he was talking about it not real sure so was it just like uh hey these places are haunted 
type thing or like going through a misconception like he talks about um the winchester mystery house and how uh-huh. because of the time how it was how she was portrayed that's how the house got all this mystery it's just she just wanted to be an architect and that's why she just kept building and at the time women couldn't be architects so she's just had so much money that she could do this i was like okay that makes a little bit more sense on why this house makes no sense it was our architect i mean project. <laughs> i was like okay and <laughs> Some ways, yes, and other ways, I think she had other things going on. I don't know. There's so many things about that house. You hear so many different things of like, yes, she had a seance room and this and that, but like he explains that the seance room was actually the gardener's bedroom. So it's like, okay, all right. But then today at work, I finished um, Iron Lake by William Kruger. So it's like a 18 book series that I stumbled upon because I own like the 10th book. You can read them out of order, I guess. But if you read them in order, it makes more sense. Um, but it's it's got Longmire vibes about like because there's a reservation involved and like whole bunch of stuff it's pretty gory for those who don't like to read gore but there's a lot of native american culture in it which is kind of interesting so and i'm a huge longmire fan i love the show (laughs) so what have you been reading um so i actually just finished a book on gobeke tempe okay which uh, but and it literally just called Gobeke Tempe by Andrew Collins. It was interesting in certain aspects. Uh, I was hoping for a little more information on Gobeke Tempe, Tempe in itself, but a lot of it was comparative to uh, some of the mythos from different theologies, and he compared Gobeke Tempe to different uh other sites that have been found and speculations on what some of the things within the site could have been used for uh so it was interesting wasn't exactly what i was expecting but overall so so uh other than that i actually just started the witch on the forest's edge by christine grace which I heard about from a podcast that I listened to uh, that they it's called uh, it's called Millennial Pagan Podcast and uh, so they have like you know they go into a little bit of like certain traditions and stuff and a little bit of history here and there but they also have a lot of like authors and pagan guests and stuff on there I've actually found a couple books through there from some of the authors they talk about different traditions that they have uh so pretty pretty snazzy podcast just you know empty plug there but uh the book is kind of the book is a kind of a toolkit type thing for paganism in the modern age and being a witch in today's society gotcha so okay uh but yeah that's what i've been reading you just read so much 
information or I'm just like off in <laughs> la la land. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I read some, you know, obscure fantasy books and stuff too. I just kind of, I completely sidetracked from a book I was about to start. Uh, I also recently read the, all three of the books that like Howl's Moving Castle is based off of. Okay. Which are a fun young adult type series. Uh, so I do fantasy as well. And I was actually going to start with a book that was done by the same author that I'm not sure if it's it takes place in the same world or not. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Because uh, there's another book series that she does. Uh, so well, you know, I read all over the place. You uh, do. So... As I said before, today we're going to be talking about the seven hermetic principles. Uh, the quote that I gave at the beginning, which is, uh, the lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding, is from the Kabbalion, which is a book that I'll get into a little bit. I'm not going to delve too much into it, but a lot of the information here does come from it in some aspect. So... Yeah, Kelsey's going to tell us about the seven hermetic principles, right, Kelsey? Yeah, I have no clue what this is going to be about. No. <laughs> okay. I'm sitting here and nodding my head. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> All right. Like I said, today we're going to be cover uh, briefly covering the seven hermetic principles. Um, so the seven hermetic principles, in essence, are a base stone to a lot of the esoteric and magical slash metaphysical practices of the uh, Western world. Okay. So a lot of this comes from the Kabbalion, which was a book that was written by its only accrediting author slash authors is the three initiates. Their names are never given. The knowledge was allegedly passed on by Hermes Trismegistus, which means Hermes thrice, thrice great. Uh, he's often associated with uh, Toth, the Egyptian god of knowledge. Okay. But, of course, also with the Greek god Hermes, uh, trickster god, messenger of the gods, and all that fun stuff. Uh, so, allegedly, this is stuff that is passed on to from teacher to student and uh so these three initiates took a lot of the teachings and put them into a book and a lot of that a lot of the information like i said is the cornerstones to a lot of metaphysical practices we have today so the word hermetic means sealed or closed air type uh think like hermetically sealed items like you know, hermetically sealed vaults or anything like that where there's no contamination they can get through. Gotcha. So that's that's where we use it today. Uh, hermetic hermetic knowledge is sealed knowledge that, you know, like we've mentioned before, uh, they didn't want everyone to know everything, everyone to be able to get access to everything. So they would take it and be very selective with what they shared. Uh, so these were hid kept secret uh it actually says in the kabbalion that you know you'll find the book or the book will come to you when you need it and when you're ready for it okay 
That's very yeah. mysterious. So it is. Uh, Gives me like Harry Potter vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so a lot of the information here, uh, there's no indication as to where it originally came from as far as timeline. It okay. just kind of popped out of nowhere. Uh, there is certain tie-ins to the Emerald Tablet and stuff like that. Most of the information here came from the Kabbalion by the Three Initiates, but also the Hermetica by Brian P. Cop- Copperhaven and the Corpus Hermeticum by GRS Mead. Uh, the Hermeticum is kind of an in-depth analysis and explanation of the Corpus Hermeticum. Uh, the Corpus Hermeticum is uh, teachings of Toth or teachings of Hermes Trismegistus. The seven Hermetic principles are mentalism, correspondence, vibration, polarity, rhythm, cause and effect, and gender. So these, I know, kind of seem like random things that you would, you know, just random words. Well, they feel <laughs> random and slightly basic, like gender. Well, they are basic. So, so that's 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 the thing, though. Is that most of the stuff is basic. Most of the stuff is, you know, we don't really think about it, but it's there. And if you've done any sort of learning and any sort of magic or a lot of science, actually, modern day science, because a lot of the stuff, like I said, was, you know, we don't have an exact date as to when it was, its origin was, but a lot of it is backed up or is beginning to be backed up by modern science and modern physics. Uh, so I'm going to start every sentence with a quote from the Kambalium. Okay. And then kind of go into a little bit of detail as to which one. So to start with mentalism, all is the mind, the universe is mental. So what do you think that means, Kelsey? But I don't even know. <laughs> it's like my brain hurts. Oh, you know, this is, like... <laughs> is going to hurt your brain. <laughs> this is oh, going to God. hurt your brain. Okay. I probably so, shouldn't have worked so before this. Based... <laughs> basically this means that uh everything is thought everything is thought in origin you create and manifest your own reality by thought for uh, so so for those of you who have seen the matrix think back think to the moment when morpheus is questioning neo and he asks him what is real you know he says that you know if reality is just electrons and if reality is just your senses then it's just electrons interpreted by the brain so we all in a sense exist within a divine mind uh whether you call that mind you know goddess god great spirit uh yahweh flying spaghetti monster whatever you want to call it Uh, you're good. Uh, so all, all of these will, all of these uh, principles do tie into each other, just as a note. Uh, but so we all exist in a divine mind. Uh, but in, along with that, the divine mind exists within all of us. Okay. So it's the fact that literally everything that we can perceive as reality is reality or we can manifest it as reality you know think of you know everyone's got a cell phone 
You know, well, let's go back to phones in general. Phones didn't just appear because they appeared. Someone had to think of the phone and look into how to create the phone, you know. But so on the flip side of that, you know, we create our own reality in a sense of, you know, if, say, we constantly think something bad is going to happen to us, we're putting out that negative vibe into the universe. It's basically the law of attraction. And, yep. you know, you're putting that, you're creating that, you're manifesting that into the world. Uh, well, not just thoughts. You put out bad vibes. That's all you're going to attract. Not just things, but people. Right. So that goes into, you know, the law of vibration. So we manifest our reality. Correspondence. So the quote here is, as above, so below. As below, so above. This is one that most of you are probably the most are familiar with as far as any sort of magical, metaphysical, alchemical thought process. So, Kelsey, what does this mean? I have no clue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me things I have no, I don't know. <laughs> so, this is the principle that everything that exists on the microcosm exists on the macrocosm everything that exists on the macrocosm exists on the harma the microcosm meets the macrocosm and vice versa so this is us looking at things that are large and sm small and comparing the two so things that you could look up to this like a visual thing here is looking up the death of a star and comparing it to the birth of a cell or the separation of a cell. They look very similar. Uh, a helix nebula and the eye, uh, the universe and the neurons in your brain, the Milky Way galaxy and a hurricane or atoms in the way the solar system functions. Uh, and then, you know, the emits innumerable instances of the Fibonacci sequence throughout nature. Uh, so another way to put this is, you know, as within, so without. It's everything mirrors something else. You know, you have everything that functions on a larger scale, functions on a smaller scale. Uh, you have the ability, in a sense, to, you know, change your body. But you have, in a sense, to change the world around you to influence and again, manifest the world around you based off of how you do things yourself, how you push forth things yourself. So you see how it kind of ties back into the mentalism there. Yeah. All right. So the next section, the next section is vibration. Nothing rests. Everything moves. Everything vibrates. As physics tells us, matter is constantly in motion. Everything gives off a vibrational frequency. Do we have any any clue what this one means? But you, it's just like we, the first one. We do one. have a clue, or we're just shaking our head. Well, whatever you put out is what you get back. So if you put out bad vibes, then you're gonna get bad vibes, right? Did I interpret that right? <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, like I said, it kind of ties together. Yeah. Well, in a sense. Um, so as physics tells us, everything is constantly in motion. We can't see it because of the vibration. And we can't perceive that vibrational frequency. Everything vibrates on some level. When I was, I think it was a freshman in high school, 
I watched a really fun documentary, and I think it was one of the Nova documentaries on PBS uh, that kind of went into this a little bit as far as vibrational frequencies of items and things. Uh, and then also multiverse, because why not? Uh, so I, and I specifically remember this, because I used to watch these things all the time, but I specifically remember a lot of this because I felt like a connection to it. And I'm like, okay, I understand this. I feel this, you know, I, I grok this, uh, a little nod there for anyone who's ever read Stranger or Strange Land. But so it's, I felt it like on a completely different level that, you know, I understand that everything vibrates. But one of the things they talked about is, you know, the probability of being able to walk through a wall. So you could take it and you could constantly walk into a wall. You know, chances are that in your lifetime, you will never walk through the wall. But at some point, your vibrational frequency will match the wall to a point where you could pass through it. Part part of the part of the reason why I remember this so well is because I guess I loved it, but I went to school and you know talked to my physical science teacher because, you know, nerd, and he had watched it. He had watched it and he's like, yeah, I I thought it was great. I just wish that I could, you know, go back to school to understand more of, or to understand what they're talking about. And I'm like, how did you not understand what they were talking about? So this is, you know, frequency is why things like binaural beats work and, uh, you know, why certain colors have certain influence on us and stuff like that is because our brain functions off vibration. It functions and communicates off vibration, just like, you know, our body, just like everything else. And so we can take it and expose ourselves to certain vibrations to change our characteristics and our thought process and stuff like that. Uh, fun little thing here. Look there. So, so this is like when you're taking it and you're, you know, you've got your different waves, your different brain waves. So you've got like alpha, beta, gamma waves. Mm-hmm. So you have your brain waves where you're just, you know, it's vibrating on a frequency where you're just doing your everyday things. You've got your brain waves where you're when you're asleep or when you're dreaming. Uh, you have your brain waves that are more functional when you're doing meditation or any sort of magical things. Uh, so, and this is, you know, everything vibrates and we sync up to that vibration. Uh, this is also, you know, why neuro neurological divergent people, uh, like people with ADHD or even with Asperger's and autism, stuff like that, have such issues with certain things and interpret things differently is because they see the vibrations differently or their brain processes the vibrations differently because it processes the information differently. Yep. Uh, so this is also why certain people, I mean, you know, you can train yourself to be empathic, but this is why certain people are empathic is because of mm-hmm. how their brain frequencies are. And you can take it and you can, you know, train your frequencies and train yourself to regulate your frequencies to be able to turn this off and on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So weird side story. Um, My boyfriend partner did a meditation, like where you go from like your uh, head chakra down. And after that, he's been able to change his vibration. Like, He's like, he's like, I can change it now. And I'm like, 
okay, don't need to know that. That's a little weird. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, it's the same thing with social interactions is you vibrate like, you know, you're, this is why, you know, you can always tell if someone's you know, oh, desperately yeah. trying to get laid at a bar or if they're just, you know, wanting attention or if they're wanting to be left alone, you know, yes, there's body language, but the vibration you give off is yeah. also why, you know, Kels, when you and I met, we had, you know, a vibe and because we connected on some sort of level oh, yeah. and I mean, that's, that's part of where that comes from. So, I mean, vibrations are key. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's Johnny. He's my longest friend. <laughs> like we just vibe. And even when like <laughs> we meet, I see those memes all the time yeah. that like the, um, the friend where you instantly pick up exactly where he left off. And it's like, that's that's you and I. Like, yeah, we could bits, like, talk yep. a little bit throughout the year. But the moment we yep. meet at DragonCon, it is like we have never left each other. Ever. You would have thought we'd been neighbors right. our whole lives. Right. Like, <laughs> I've got another friend that I'm... <laughs> I've got another friend that I have a very similar thing with that, like, you know, he was, he was in the military. And so he left for a while. And then when he came back, it was like, hey, man, what are you been up to? And he's like, oh, I just bought this game and I've been playing it. And I'm like, I just bought that game and I've been playing it. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, I'm like, hey, I just got back into Magic the Gathering. And he's like, no way. I just got back into Magic the Gathering. <laughs> so it's. <laughs> it gets weird sometimes. <laughs> oh, it, it does. But it's it's entertaining and fun. But yeah, so that's, you know, then that's vibration as a whole is. You know, it affects us constantly. I mean, even the music we listen to, uh, mm -hmm. there are certain vibrations that attune to who we are as individuals uh, based off of, you know, our experiences in life that have fluctuated our vibrations. Or, you know, if you go into astrology, the vibrations that we have based off of the uh, signs we were born under and the houses we were born into. Uh, oh, yeah. And, th and that... I mean, that even plays a part if you look, they actually did studies. This is fun. They did studies and looked at how people react differently to different types of music. And you actually, if you let, if you were doing a type of music that you don't like or that does not resonate with you from a level of vibration, like a decent vibration level with you that syncs up to you, it affects your health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can believe that. Vibration is a key thing. And and then so regulating your vibration or being able to change your vibration or influence your vibration can help with manifestation and help with changing the world around you and, you know, making things different for yourself. Yeah. Well, you see that stuff around on Facebook all the time of like, you need people that support you and stuff like that. Well, yeah, you can't be around people that have that bad vibe and constantly put you down. You know, you want to get anywhere, you have to change your surroundings sometimes, including the people around you. Their their vibe isn't working with what you want to do in life. Yeah, and that's hard because, I mean, like, you know, cutting certain people off that are, you know, they may not be bad people, but they may be bad for you. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've had that instance plenty of times where, you know, things weren't working correctly. So I had to separate from someone or from a situation because it wasn't working correctly. And it's not that there was an issue with the individual. It's that there was an issue with the two of us because 
of how different our wavelengths were. <laughs> Sorry. Kelsey's cat is uh, currently <laughs> trying to learn with us. He's very attentively trying to hold Kelsey's hand and listen and focus on what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the next principle, are you ready for this one? Sure. Okay. So the next principle is polarity. Okay. So the quote is everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its pair and opposite like and unlike are the same opposites are identical in nature but different in degree extremes meet all truths are but half truths all paradoxes may be reconciled you look so confused (laughs) you had me in the first half you lost me in the second half of that quote so the big thing i got from this when i first read it honestly was the fact that I finally knew what the uh, appropriate plural of paradox was. <laughs> because I've questioned if it was paradoxes, because that sounds weird. Paradoxi, paradoxy. <laughs> so that, that was my original thing on that. But <laughs> I mean, everything has an opposite. And I think that's where you get maybe like the saying opposites attract kind of thing. Is that where this kind of comes into play? That's, yes. It means that everything in existence has its opposite. You know, you have hot and cold. You have dark and light, feminine and masculine, uh, individual and collective, cop, uh, competitive and collaborative, continuous and subcontinuous, detail and big pictures. Many of these things are difficult because one does not become the other. At what point does hot become cold? What do you, when, at what point does hot become cold, Kelsey? When it loses all of its warmth. But at what point is that, though? Like, if you look at a thermometer and you say, oh, it's hot outside or it's cold outside, at what point on the thermometer does it become hot or what point does it become cold? That changes for everybody. So it is, it is completely subjective. Uh, so being aware of this can lead to an understanding of what our reality really is. While we have these points of polarity... And we don't really have a point where one becomes the other. We have because everything varies on a degree and is on a spectrum. So being aware of this can help you bring all that into balance. You know, when you're aware that, you know, good and evil are subjective standpoints and right and wrong are subjective standpoints. I mean, yes, we have things that we are generally as a society society agreed upon that this is bad, this is good. Mm-hmm. You also have a wide variety of things within that that don't really fall into that. So say if someone steals a loaf of bread. Okay. And we're going to go old school there. Is that good or bad? In the eyes of the law, it's bad. But if you're stealing to feed your family, it's not really bad. Right. Like. So that's that's kind of the sliding scale here. I mean, everything, well, yes, everything has its, you know, polarities. You have hot to cold. You also have lukewarm in the middle, room temperature and everything else. Everything exists on a sliding scale, but everything has a finite pole to its extremes. Every extreme has its opposite. You know, the opposite of hot is cold, but you don't have a point where hot becomes cold. The opposite of light is dark, but you don't have a point where light becomes dark. Uh, we exist in the realm between. Okay. So understanding 
where we are in that realm and how we can influence that realm can assist in manifesting things into our reality and finding balance within ourselves. Gotcha. So next one is rhythm. Now I know your brother is a huge music nut. Yes. Were you, I don't recall. Were you in band as well? Yes. Okay. I, I stopped after high school. My brother is currently in his final year of his PhD for musical performance. That's right. Right. Okay. Everything flows in and out. Everything has tides. All things rise and fall. The pendulum swing to the right is the pendulum swing to the left. Rhythm compensates. So what does this mean? Everything has a beat. Everything does Everything. have a beat in a sense. So this is this is one that that has multiple layers to it. Well, and this ties into the vibration. It does. Except they're they're all linked together in a sense. Like because that's the point of music. It's a it's a different you make different vibrations. You make different beats with stuff. So as as we said before with the vibrations, everything in our reality exists on its own frequency. Uh, a popular theory in science is the recycled universe theory, or that you know the because the universe is expanding, and it, the popular theory is that you know we have the heat death, which it'll expand till we're all dead, which we'll probably all be dead by then. But another popular theory is with the recycled universe theory is that the universe will continue to expand to a point where it has used up all of its energy and matter or has spread out to the point where it can't sprout any possible. And then like a rubber band, when you're stretching it out and release it, it pulls back in. So the theory here is that, you know, it'll go out and then come back in into a singularity and then happen all over again. So that, you know, the rhythm, simple rhythm of the universe, you also see rhythm and so everything happens in waves uh you also see rhythm in musical chord progression you know if you look on a piano it's a b c d e f g a b c d e f g a b c d e f g over and over mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, octave after octave and this of course isn't counting the half notes flats and sharps yeah too but so this is you know this is what reality exists on is everything happens in a rhythm everything happens in a cycle uh any behavior you do you know, it may not be a cycle in your life. It may be a cycle over your family's generation where you have, you know, someone grows up in a certain situation and they perpetuate that onto the next generation, which means that they yep. perpetuate that onto the next generation. And it's a constant rhythm. And unless we break that rhythm or under, unless we understand the rhythm, we can't really change it. Uh, you know, civilizations rise and fall. You have the theory of life, death, and rebirth that, you know, we're born, we'll die, and then we'll be reborn again. Yep. Not just, you know, not just in uh, aspect of our selves or aspect of, you know, reincarnation, but within our own lifetimes. You know, it's, I'm sure you saw my post for Samhain, but a post I make pretty much every Samhain is that, you know, when you're honoring your ancestors to make sure you honor your past selves because many versions of you have died to be the person you are today. Yes. So you are constantly being reborn and dying and being reborn again. So, but this is why we, this is also why we see certain influences with the rhythm. We see certain influences of people born under certain star signs 
I mean, you know, you there's a lot of controversy in certain uh, groups about, you know, astrology and all of that. And of course, I'm not talking about the fun astrologies like today you'll meet a tall stranger. <laughs> Your uh, daily love horoscope. Yeah. <laughs> it's more so the influences and characteristics over the individual. I mean, if like, for instance, my star chart says that I would, you know, so when I got my star chart read for me, uh, the first time I thought it was interesting because while it was being read, I'm just like, yeah, nope, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't want that to make sense, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had mine read. It, it can be, it can be interesting. Uh, no, you know, I was born to be rebellious, <laughs> but you see like certain people and, you know, certain times of the year, certain influences from planets that have certain characteristics. Uh, that's why you have, you know, the elements that have certain attributes that are assigned to certain astrological signs yep. that you see consistency through that. But because of the, you know, different types of things in within them, whether they're, you know, however whatever the characteristics of the element is for that particular astrological sign you see that with everyone who's born in that time period uh, kind of and i only say this because i am very much a taurus which is an earth sign you know grounding stubborn whole nine yards my boyfriend sagittarius nowhere near any of that well you also have to look at so there's different influences on those with your moon signs and stuff moon sign rising sign and all that but you also have to look at whether they're uh and the words are escaping me uh mutable the other two words off the top of my head but you have to look at like aspects of that on you know different influences over the signs Uh, and then you know so if you're looking at these and you're really digging deep into what these rhythms are and if you're a data monkey like myself just see these rhythms as data point fun little data points and you can take it and you can map out trends and actually look to see what your probable outcome is and use that to your advantage with you know if you're trying to manifest something and influencing something So the next section we have is cause and effect. So this is something that everyone should know if they learned Newton's third law of motion in school. So the quote for this is, every cause has an effect, every effect has a cause. Everything happens according to law. Chance is but but a name for the law not recognized. There are many planes of causation, but nothing escapes the law. Kelsey, what is Newton's third law of motion? Oh, Jesus. For reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There we go. That's cause and effect. (laughs) Surprised I remembered that. (laughs) So, in a sense, nothing happens by chance. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is that you're stupid and make bad choices, but that's... I was like, that you're a dumbass. (laughs) Uh... But so, Been there. But so, <laughs> you know, chance is an improbability. I mean, improbability is a thing. Chance is not an actual thing. There's no such thing as chance. Everything is influenced on outside circumstances. So if you have a deck of cards and you shuffle it and you say, I don't know, ace of spades, you have a one in 52 chance of pulling the ace of spades out. Mm-hmm. So you would think like it would be similar outcome regardless of you know, what you're looking at here. But say if you have a, uh, so it's just pretty straightforward. So say if you have a D20 
or which is a 20-sided die for those of you who are not familiar with tabletop terminology. So it's a 20-sided die. <laughs> What's the likelihood of rolling a 20 on the die? One in 20. Okay, what is the likelihood of rolling it two times in a row? Uh, still one in 20. Or one in 40. I'm not doing this good. <laughs> <laughs> if you could take the time to do the math, it is a lot higher. But if you... so Because there's a lot of factors that go into this. It's because, you know, you're still rolling the same die, right? Yeah. So... What are factors that go into rolling the die? Because it's not just as simple as rolling the die. You have to look at, you know, how the die is setting in your hand. Well, the stuff on the table. The, yeah, the stuff on the table, the surface you're rolling towards, the force, uh, the angle, all of that. <laughs> the force. <laughs> all Sorry. Of, no, you're good. All of that ties into it. So it's not, it's not as straightforward unless you have, you know, all of the variables worked out and even then you know most of that we're not humanly capable of repeating that process over and over again however you know that's on something extremely small if you look at cause and effect on something large scale because you still have to attribute to the laws of probability if you have something on a large scale then having cause and effect makes a difference you know going out and protesting for something you believe in or letting your voice be heard supporting those who need support you know that's that's cause and effect you don't see you know a difference if you're not doing something true i mean look at the civil rights movement you know if everyone sat at home and did nothing nothing would have ever got done and we would still be in the exact same place true you know it's taking it and looking at the probabilities of what could happen and saying okay this if i do this this gives a higher probability of this this and this happening uh which could be more favorable to what i want and for my outcome so this brings us to the final one dun 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 so this one was actually the hardest one for me to wrap my head around okay so this is the principle of gender okay and this is a bit of a hot button with some people oh yeah especially right now uh so gender is in everything everything has masculine uh and everything has feminine principles gender manifests on all planes this is not to be confused with gender as an identity you know everyone whether they are cis uh female cis male uh trans female trans male non-binary or what have you every single person has feminine and masculine aspects yeah in wicca this is commonly referred to as the feminine and masculine energies of the god and goddess aspect so this is based this has nothing to do with sex directly this so gender of course is a sliding scale yes you know, gender has its opposites of feminine and masculine but you also have all of the frequencies all of the steps in the middle all the degrees in the middle of what it could be yep typically from a biological standpoint well everyone has a left and right brain or most people do yep. the left brain is generally associated with masculine energies and is tied to things like logic reason analytical thought drive and things like that so okay. it's the i just laugh at what that's tied to but okay 
<laughs> because men don't think is that what you're saying no. <laughs> this, this, this isn't saying that women are not capable of this this is not saying that anyone is not capable of this this is just tying it into the masculine aspect of the brain on the alternate end of that the feminine brain is typically the referred to or the right brain is typically referred to as feminine aspects it delves more into creativity intuition mm -hmm imagination, uh, emotions, and empathy. That's not saying that, you know, all men are heartless and brooding and cold, meticulous machines. And that's not saying that all women are fluffy bunnies. No. <laughs> this is just aspects of the feminine and masculine. Typically, when it comes to, like, say, creation and creating things and nurturing those things, men are typically take a more, or not men, the masculine aspects typically take a more dominant and protective stance when the feminine aspects typically take a more nurturing stance yes we really have to settle in between these i mean it's like i said everyone has these energies it's fine to be more mm -hmm. masculine than feminine it's fine to be more feminine than masculine there's nothing wrong with either one nope we just have to you know one not be a dick two we have to <laughs> accept to embody both to manifest so the aspects here is for feminine and masculine are the two extreme forces needed for manifestation in any aspect you know you you have to have both the big picture and the small details you have to have the creative thought and the analytical thought you know this is yes this ties into the opposites the polarity yeah yep this ties into that Yep. Because gender is just... So this is why, you know, there's such a thing as boy jobs and girl jobs. Because that's a bunch no. of BS. Uh, a little horse shit. While, you know, certain people with certain aspects of either feminine or masculine are more drawn to certain types of jobs. And, you know, it's good for them or they were better at it. Doesn't mean it's necessarily a quote-unquote boy job or a quote-unquote girl job. Nope. You know, looking at... You know, everything, every job has in some aspect a mix of the two. For instance, the STEM fields, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm -hmm. While there are a lot of analytical things to that, in reality, there's a lot of, like we, especially in today's society, since we have a really predominant masculine society, we need a lot more feminine energy in those fields because, I mean, yeah, okay, it's great to look at data all day and be able to analyze that and say, oh, this works, this doesn't work. But you can't, someone who is looking at the data or someone who is, you know, their thought process looks at the data, they don't think about, you know, what the possibilities are or thinking outside the box. They don't have a creative outlet, you know, uh, it's you get more of a creative response or more of a creative input from a from feminine energy because of this. You know, you yeah. have, you know, so, some of our greatest artists, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they were fairly effeminate. I mean, look at Elton John. That man is a flaming homosexual. He is a flaming <laughs> homosexual. He is also really freaking talented. Yes. And he you know, expresses that through his art. You look at really any artist, any decent artist. I mean, you're going to have... Freddie Mercury. Yeah, oh yeah. You're going to have... Him and his stuff. cats. Uh. <laughs> I love the pictures of him and his cats. Uh. But to, so to quote Albert Einstein, imagination is more important than knowledge. For, for the knowledge is limited to what we know is understood. 
while imagination embraces the entire world and all that uh, there will be to know and understand. You know, it's, yeah, so it's, in a sense, at least to me, he's saying that, you know, it's all well and good to be able to have what we have and to analyze things for what we perceive them to be. But we're not analyzing things for what they really are because we're limiting our perception to one thing. Uh, one of my favorite sayings, which is actually, it's an old Latin saying, and I actually have it tattooed on my back, is credendo vides, which means, you know, by believing one sees. So it's believing is seeing as opposed to seeing is believing. Uh, we are manifesting our own reality every day and unless we understand and hold balance and you know take in all aspects of a situation unless we take in all aspects of everything involved and we can apply these things to all aspects involved we can't really understand reality we can't really make change that we want to make in the world true so do you have a favorite hermetic principle no or a least favorite hermetic principle (laughs) i mean they're all equally important does your brain hurt Yes. I'm starting to get a headache. Yeah. <laughs> he said some of this will be gibberish. No. Some of this may strike a chord with you. Some of this may come up later. Uh, one of my favorite things is when I'm learning stuff, it's, you know, you can learn one piece of information and then it ties everything or a lot of things together that you'd never really considered. Uh, and then you also have, you know, where you could pop up later and be like, oh, wait, that's this, this, and this. So if you yeah. take it, take these and analyze life and look at your world around you you know you're gonna have things that are different yeah well then we'll talk more about vibrations and stuff when we get into crystals yeah Yeah. because that's part of that whole thing and that'll be a mini series hey yo (laughs) (laughs) so what's our next topic on the next episode will be ethics and that will be both of us because Ethics will tie into the hermetic principles. Yes. A little bit. Ethics tie into everything. and They do. It's extremely, extremely important. Yes. Yes. It's it's what people need to be doing anyway. I just... Yeah. I mean, ethics is such a complex system and ideology. Yes. Yes, it is. But that will be episode six will be ethics, and that will be both of us, not just one of us mainly talking. So who knows what kind of (laughs) tangents we'll get off on. It won't be a two-hour episode. (laughs) I promise, people. Max will be an hour and a half. Kelsey will edit out all of our side quests. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like, I love My Favorite Murder. Don't get me wrong. I love Karen and Georgia. However, when those episodes are like two and a half hours, I forget what we've talked about. I forget. <laughs> There's a great podcast that the guy does a crap ton of research and covers all sorts of topics, uh, but it's called Time Suck. And uh, let's see if I can pull up an episode here just to give you an idea of the length of time because the length of time on the episodes are ridiculous. But there's a lot of information, and a lot of it's fairly interesting. Uh, I was hoping it was in my recent things. All right, so you've got episodes that are like an hour 49, but then you have some that are like two and a half hours. Yeah, my favorite murder does that. They'll fluctuate. Now, I I haven't listened in like almost the last six plus months. Um, I go through phases with that one. Yeah. Only because they talk a little too much. And I need to be in like a certain mood to listen to them. 
I love them. Saw them live. Karen and Georgia are amazing. They've really helped with the whole mental illness aspect of going to therapy. It's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to take meds. It is. You know, it's okay. Um, but at the same time, it's awesome to be a powerful businesswoman, you know, take charge and do stuff. Yep. You know, women are very capable. But at the same time, as a woman, you need to make sure that you're looking out for other women. And the Murderino community has really helped with that of making sure that other Murderinos are looked after and help. They help. There's a lot of fundraisers that go on for, um, and the backlog um, and stuff like that. So is that what the fan base is called? Murderinos? Yes. That's what they call themselves as Murderinos. I didn't want to assume. uh, (laughs) I mean, I know every fan base has its name. Like you have Trekkies for Star Trek Mm -hmm. fans and Critters for Critical Role fans and uh, all that fun stuff. Yeah, Murderinos. There's a lot of little communities. They do like a lot of fundraising. They do a lot of fundraising for in the backlog to end the backlog of uh, rape kits and stuff to get them DNA tested and stuff like that. So they do a lot of that. Um, I think some of them might raise money to hold uh, defense classes for women. Or like um, you can go into one of like the communities and be like, hey, I'm new. Is there any Murderinos around me? And like they'll help you move when the whole COVID thing happened. Um, there was someone that reached out and was like, Hey, I don't feel comfortable going to class. This was someone that was of Asian descent and another Murderino like walked with them and stuff. So that way they wouldn't feel threatened That's really while cool. they were walking around New York and stuff. So that's really cool. It's a, they've made a huge community, but their episodes are holy shit. <laughs> well, and like any community support is such an important thing. I mean, we're all in this together and life sucks for all of us. So why not try to make it better for all of us and give support where we can? Yeah. It's an awesome community. That's the one thing I love about that podcast. The community is amazing. That's great. That's great. Same with Southern fried true crime. That's a good one too. (laughs) A lot of baking recipes. What that one. Really? Yes. Yes. In the group, um, Erica Kelly, she's an amazing person. Um, her voice is amazing, but, uh, on the group, it's the motto is no shit ass is allowed. We're not tolerating your bullshit, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you, you're mean goodbye, you know, but like, um, the past week or two, they've been debating on what the best, um, gravy biscuits and gravy recipe is. So I've been like, my news feed has been popping up with all, all these different, uh, biscuits and gravy recipes of like, do you do this with your gravy or do you make your biscuits this way? And it's like, ugh. I love this. <laughs> also, do like, you pronounce it biscuits and gravy, or do you pronounce it properly and say gravy and biscuits? See? Because there's that, that. That's, that's an important thing. It's both. Biscuits uh, and gravy, gravy and biscuits. It's it's both. But I, I I'll yeah. I'll die on that hill. It's gravy and biscuits. <laughs> biscuits and gravy is not correct. <laughs> I will die on that hill. <laughs> this is the hill I choose to die on. <laughs> I mean, all right. I don't need it, so uh, it's whatever. It's, it's just a fun thing because I've actually got like I've started debates on social media about this. Uh, where... You would. 
because I've heard people like growing up, it was always gravy and biscuits, and like I've never heard anyone say biscuits and gravy till probably the last you know ten years, and uh, so I was like, what the hell? Why are people saying biscuits and gravy? What is gravy and biscuits? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, no. But like they share a lot of different recipes or like um um it's mainly a recipe group is what I've come to know is or like book recommendations, like a lot of true crime yeah. book recommendations come out of that one. Um but yeah, Southern Fried True Crime is another good one. Cool. But that community is awesome. I love Erica Kelly. Cool. She's awesome. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, I guess that's wraps us up. Yes, yes, please. Well, I would say rate and review on iTunes, but we are having a, a problem with Apple. Yeah. Um, as I don't think our email is real. Yeah, so, so which is, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, hey, if anyone out there is uh, good with Apple stuff, because neither of us are Apple fans, <laughs> uh, that would be great if you could, you know, give us some help, because... All the tutorials and stuff we looked at, at least don't Ryan, help. Don't help at all. Yeah, and we are we are definitely droid people. Apple is not user friendly, unless no, unless that's what you're used to using, and then that's because that's all you know. Yeah, not us, not us. But we are on Google, Stitcher, Breaker, Spotify, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. And then the ethics episode will come out in two weeks after this one. We are now bi-weekly. Everybody, we have too much going on in our lives to do this every week. As much as we would love to. And we found out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Whoo, whoo. I, I didn't sleep. <laughs> didn't sleep. I was too worried about launching this. Sleep is for the dead. It is. It is. But yeah, email us. If you have any stories, questions you would like us to address, or if we've messed up in any way, let us know. Or if you have a tip on how to get us on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. And tell us what your favorite Hermetic Principle is. Yes. Yes. Or what book you're reading. Yeah. We did start a Goodreads list. We did start a Goodreads for everybody listening of all the books and stuff that we do recommend, or not recommend, but that we've um, used as material. For research, so that way you guys can go on Goodreads and find that stuff and find out where to buy it. I know all my stuff is on there. I don't. Have you added yours yet? I have not. I have not had a chance to look at that. But by the time this launches, I'll add stuff to it. Cool, cool, cool. So, till next time. Bye. Bye.